0: My name is Elisa. I am the founder and CEO of Lady Lovely's Curio and the Curio Brands. This is episode one of Diamonds and Wine, our podcast. The podcast has kind of been a long time coming. Uh, We've wanted to do it for, oh my goodness, probably as long as the company has been around. This podcast series is basically going to be about antique jewelry, antique and vintage jewelry, why it's so wonderful, why it's awesome to collect. I have totally been bitten by the bug of jewelry. I love jewelry. I have since I was a kid and Lady Lovely's Curio was built basically to be a brand that makes antique jewelry, vintage jewelry accessible, uh, especially to a younger audience. I have been in antiques my entire life. My parents are antique doll dealers and they have been since before I was born. I kind of grew up in a world of antiques. I love paintings. I went to school for art history. I had originally wanted to go into selling a 18th century oil paintings, but Jewelry is kind of something that I fell into. I've always, always loved jewels. In fact, I remember a really formative experience of my life was when I saw the jewels of the Romanovs at the Brooklyn Museum. I think I was nine or 10 years old at the time, and it just absolutely changed my life. I didn't really have the princess complex when I was a kid. I didn't really think I was a princess or anything, but when I discovered jewels, I became extremely interested in royal families, and I started researching, Um, I loved rocks and kind of all the beautiful things that come out of the earth that we wear as wearable art. Um, So basically what this podcast series is going to be about is antique jewelry, the joy of it, the love of it, why it's so much fun to wear, the individuality of the pieces, why they're so unique. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about myself, how Lady Lovely's Curios started, why it started, and answer some questions that were sent in by my amazing and incredible uh, fan base on Instagram. Lady Lovely's Curio started in December of 2016. I sort of took a chance on myself that I would be able to succeed in this business. I had a little bit of a life savings um, that I've been putting away for a while and I completely drained the account and I invested it in antique gold jewelry. My mom, who is the co-owner of the Curio, matched me dollar for dollar and together we invested to uh, develop stock for the Curio. And that was kind of where we started. I had an idea, a vision for the brand that was going to be very colorful, kind of a different presentation than the other antique jewelry that I was seeing around. I saw trays of jewels. I saw kind of like an opulent, luxuriant space in my head that was completely constructed online. Um, We don't have a retail space. We probably never will. That's part of the joy of it because it's really the shop is on instagram the shop is in the online world it doesn't exist in reality and i think that that's kind of part of the magic of it so that's really where we started and we've come a really long way since then and i just wanted to sort of take a chance to ask people what they wanted to know um, and see if there were any burning questions that you had about how the curio works and sort of how i got my start and why i'm here (laughs) My favorite question, I think, uh, from the lot, I'm going to start with my favorite question and then the questions are going to get harder. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of them was how do you decide to keep or sell the most beautiful pieces that come across my desk? Uh, what do I keep and what do I sell? So I, am. Um, guilty of hoarding and I'm guilty of purging I kind of go through different cycles there are some pieces that I'll kind of hide in the back of the curio that I like really like I'll I'll hide them away so that nobody buys them um but uh I there are pieces that I'm like I can't sell this if if I find a ring that fits me perfectly and I absolutely love it chances are it will go into kind of like the limbo in the back of the curio Things that I get really, really excited about are pieces that are mint in the original boxes. That's like, that's the thing for me. I love boxes, I love antique boxes. I mean, there's nothing quite like the magic of coming across like an antique leather box that you kind of have a feeling it probably has a velvet lining, but you don't know. And then you just open it and you click the button and you just peel back the cover. And then inside you find this incredible, precious gem. That is like so exciting for me. Okay, that's one of like my favorite experiences is to open a beautiful antique box. So a lot of my collection are pieces that are mint in the box. One of my favorite pieces is a memorial band from 1856. I call it my cathedral band because it has three-dimensional cathedral work all the way around. I, I love it. I hope I don't ever have to sell it. <laughs> so really, uh, I, I select pieces for my collection based on what fits me, and pieces that come from a moment in history that I maybe know a lot about. I know a lot about fashion from the 1850s and 1860s. I used to focus on, when I was working uh, for my mom's business of the antique dolls, I was really interested in the fashion of uh, the fashion dolls, which were basically these dolls and uh, that wore ladies' dresses in miniature, and they were all made of exactly the same silks and the same trimmings and all the details were just as the life-size ones were. And that was kind of where I came from prior to moving into jewelry. So it's sort of the same thing that I look for now in jewelry is, is it mint? Is it original? Does it look like it once did? That's probably from my background in art history too. Okay, briefly, uh, someone asked me how I can tell if a piece is authentic. Now those of you who have been with me for a long time know that this is kind of a hot button issue and I love to talk about hot button issues. Early on in my career, I sold a couple of pieces that were not authentic and I had no idea that they weren't. I am constantly trying to educate myself on how to identify uh, pieces that are reproductions. I'm always working on this. This is an ongoing thing because the technology is constantly getting better and better on reproducing antique style pieces. And by the way, there is no such thing as antique style. That's just a term that's used frequently um, in reproduction circles. Antique does not have a style. It's Victorian style, it's Georgian style, it's Art Deco style. You always wanna watch out for the word antique style. That term is kind of difficult. But I'm gonna do a, a much larger podcast, probably even a podcast series on identifying pieces that are reproductions or that are quote unquote fakes. I hate that term, I don't think a piece is fake unless it's not made of real gold and is trying to be like a real gold piece. Um, So, This is kind of like a really big topic, and I will tell my entire story about, um, you know, how I was faced with this issue and how I continue to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. At The Curio, we have kind of very strict protocols on how we identify a piece and then what we do to make sure that we are accurately representing it. If it's a marriage, if it's a conversion, if it's something that was once something else and has kind of gone through a rebirth to become the piece that it currently is these are all things that we're really interested in explaining to our clients and kind of expanding on. So I can't wait to talk more about that topic. Just hang on to your hats. I will I will get to that in uh, the next uh, one of the next podcasts we do. Okay, so the number one question that I was asked the most is, where do you find and purchase your stock? Now, what kind of a businesswoman would I be if I told you? Um... I love this question cause I get it every couple of days. Somebody will send me a DM saying, where did you buy this piece? I want to buy one too. Here's the deal with that. When you're in the world of antique and vintage jewelry, and I'm not talking of course about the pieces that we custom design and create like the Georgiana band, um, our higher end custom work that's done mostly through the lovely jewels. Um, really when it comes to antique jewelry, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be two of them. Now, that's not always the case. Of course, there are pieces that are similar. One of my favorite um instances of this actually was i was uh, I was looking through Instagram um yesterday and one of my favorite accounts diamonds on the inside posted a piece that's in her collection alongside an example from a museum and i love it when that happens because it's true with antique jewelry there are archetypes there are there are recurring themes there are similar pieces there are ones that are almost identical but the truth is every antique piece is singular I can't go to the store and say, I'd like to get three morning bands from 1812 in black enamel, size six, 10 and three. Like it do- it doesn't work that way. I don't go to the store and, and order them. I have suppliers who I work with all over the world and I, I travel all over the world mostly to Europe, um, but I do travel within the U.S. as well, to find the finest and most interesting, to me personally, examples of jewels uh, or pieces that I think, you know, are interesting for people to have in their collections. I work really, really hard at this, and the truth is that the jewelry sort of finds me. I, I started off saying that as a joke, that the pieces find me, but I don't think it's a joke. I, I actually really do. I think that the piece the pieces that I come across, i meant to come across at the time that I do, and it just so happens. And I also see different trends in the market, and that informs my buying, it informs my pricing, it informs what I do. You know, I think that last year, the, the ring that everybody wanted was uh, the flat cut garnet half band georgian garnet half band i don't think that that's something that everybody wants right now although i'm sure that some collectors still do you know i can't really predict trends people have asked me to do that before i don't know what the next thing is going to be but i do know that you know right now i love buying enamel morning bands and it's something that a lot of people are interested georgian rivieres these are these are things that i look for but i can't go to the store and just say I'd like three in this color please it it (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't work that way so the last question the last question that I'm gonna touch on and this okay so I said that the first question was my favorite and that might be a lie because I think this one is is really cool the question is how has Instagram uh changed the way that people shop for jewelry and do you feel that lady lovely's curio has informed that in any way I definitely cannot take credit for the way that Instagram jewelry buying works. I, I feel like I'm I'm such a small player in a really large game. I feel like there are things that I've done that have changed the way that people look for jewelry, but I don't think that I, I've changed the game in any way. I think Instagram itself and the accessibility of the images, the pictures, the merchandise constantly changing, ever shifting. It's kind of a part of our our culture of opulence and excessiveness, and I love that. There's a lot of people who will who will say, "Oh, you know, it's terrible these young kids with their Instagrams and their YouTube's, you know, coming out and they they don't do anything, they just look at a screen all day." Really, I find that the best and most informative research that I do is by scrolling through Instagram and seeing the incredible pieces that world-class collectors and museums have in their collections. There there can be nothing more Interesting to uh, a collector or a historian or someone who's just interested in learning about something than seeing examples, especially something like jewelry. So I think that Instagram has opened up accessibility to the far reaches of the world. I have clients in Louisiana, I have clients in Sweden, I have a client in Poland, I have, you know, Japanese clients all over the world. I am so, so happy that this knowledge has become accessible. Instagram has opened up the jewelry market to people who maybe had no idea what Georgian jewelry was. I had no idea what Georgian jewelry was until a couple of years ago I saw a post from Elizabeth Rose Antiques who I who is absolutely like changed my life. She's amazing and one of my favorite sellers and I discovered Georgian jewelry through her. Um and I'm not at all ashamed or afraid to say that I learned so much of what I know through Instagram. Of course, I read books. I have a huge library of antique jewelry books and important um, important articles. I'm constantly reading. I love the, one of my favorite resources is the Lang Antiques Jewelry University. Amazing online source as well. But I do think that it has changed the way that people shop for jewelry because sometimes you'll see something that you've never seen before and say, oh my goodness, I really want, one of those. And that's also another way that I buy. Sometimes one of my collector friends will get something in their collection and I'll say, oh, I have to get something like that for the curio because that's just outstanding. That's, that's that. I think uh, <laughs> I think that that's our first, uh, our first episode of the podcast. I really hope you guys liked it. I, I had a great time talking about this. I had a great time recording this. I'm going to try to do a bi-weekly podcast. I'm going to try to do one every other week for you all. I'm so incredibly fortunate that um, one of my closest friends, Max Seiler, has joined the team and he's working with me to produce and create these podcasts. If you want to see some of the pieces that I've talked about and some of the pieces that inform this podcast, please follow us on Instagram at link lady Lovely's curio that's l-o-v-e-l-i-e s S's in sam lady Lovely's curio um, on instagram and this was the first episode of diamonds and wine thank you so much for tuning in guys i will see you soon and uh check out instagram for live videos more posts and i'll see you on the other side